Welcome to Confab, the podcast where we rant, rave, and break down all things in the entertainment world. I'm your host, Rachel Steinkamp. And I'm Lindsay Howard, and today we're doing a sort of special episode where we're covering two episodes of Game of Thrones. So before we do that, we do want to give you a little bit of our weekly news segment, and I'm going to pass it over to Rachel for some E3 wrap-up. Thank you, Lindsay. Well, okay, E3 happened this week, which means... All the hype announcements for all the video games you could ever imagine. Yay! So I just want to give a quick shout out to what I'm extremely excited for thanks to E3. We saw a new trailer for Mass Effect Andromeda, which is slated to hit stores March 2017. We also saw a lot of gameplay for the upcoming Legend of Zelda game, which we now know is called Breath of the Wild. But we do want to get on to the Game of Thrones recap since we're doing a little special episode tonight. So if you're interested in learning more about these and more of the highlights for me 3 be sure to check out our website. That's bit.ly slash confabbed. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash confabbed. On to the Game of Thrones. So last week we had a lot of curious adventures going on. We're going to sort of go through each episode in chunks rather than doing it scene by scene because that takes quite a long time even if we're just doing one of them. So I'm going to go through and talk about individual character groups, and then we can have a little chat about each one. So last week's episode was season six, episode seven, and it was called The Broken Man. And one of the main storylines of that episode was with Septon Ray, a.k.a. Ian McShane. And he's this dude that's building a new village, and uh, he's there with his friends or followers, arguably, and he's teaching our apparently not-dead friend, the Hound, about helping rather than going off on his own and just killing people and stuff. So the Hound, a.k.a. Sandor Clegane, um, and I'm just going to call him Clegane from here on out, is alive, despite Bran of Tarth's previous attempts to uh, smash him up. And uh, he's not super friendly yet, which isn't shocking, but Septon Ray isn't a fan of the fact that Clegane claims that hate is what kept him going. Totally unlike this pair, thank goodness. Septon Ray is all about believing in something, but he isn't really okay with saying it's one specific religion or thing. He tells Clegane that he's already dealt with his crimes and stuff in a way because he got real beat up. So Clegane decides that, you know, this working together thing is maybe it's worth a shot. And they go through this whole story about how this boy was killed and that it's never too late to turn around and instead be a force for good. And that really seems to trigger something in Clegane, but then the Brotherhood Without Banners show up and they're this group on horseback and they declare that they want to protect the people, but actually they just want to steal stuff. And, uh, you know, Clegane tells Ray that, but Ray's not really up for a fight, so at the end of the episode he returns from cutting wood and stuff, because he's like, it's actually a little bit too quiet, and he finds everybody dead. So, Ian McShane, sorry, Septon Ray, Ray. Ah, he's hanging from this tower thing that they were building, and Clegane is real ticked off, so he heads out with his axe to do some damage. Well, it's kind of nice to see the hound back. He's definitely a changed man. And it seems like everyone's coming back, like, everyone's theories are proving true. Which means, does this mean Clegane Bowl will happen? The Mountain versus the Hound. That'd be quite epic. I feel like it needs to for him, if he, if we want him to be, like, actually good. We'll see if that works. Maybe that's his purpose. I hope so. Considering the things that we'll talk about later, about la- this week's episode, rather. Yeah. It's going to definitely yeah. matter, so 
I'm, I'm, I didn't like him, but I'm surprisingly glad to see him back. So, oh, why don't you like him? I didn't like him when he was hanging out with Arya. I just thought he was really mean. I didn't like him. <laughs> it's not a very good reason. I didn't like his kind of bad influence on Arya, yeah. but she's she seems to have um turned out okay for now. I do hope that he has some kind of purpose other than being a general you know bully so that'd be good yes it would be so over with marjorie we see her reading this religious text and the high sparrow comes to chat with her he's super pointed about how she should be trying to produce an heir with king tommen which is kind of absurd considering he's like 12 or something by the sound of him but she kind of nods along and stuff because the sparrow's uh, informing her that she doesn't actually need to be into it. She just needs to kind of lay there and do her job, which is charming, like super charming. So creepy. So creepy. It is. He says that her grandmother, the Queen of Thorns, needs to be brought over to their side. So Marjorie has a talk with her grandmother and Lady Elena, that annoying lady that rings the bell and stuff during atonement walks and like never, ever, like will not leave. She's there watching her have her chat, so she's playing it up. And eventually she seems to get kind of frustrated, so she just passes a piece of folded up paper to her grandmother, which has a flower drawn on it, the Tyrell flower. So her grandmother's like, you're right, yeah, yeah, I'll leave. Even though Cersei wants Grandma Tyrell to stick around, and she's like, no way, you've lost, you're awful, and I hate you. So she's like that kid from School of Rock. You're tacky and I hate you. Except she doesn't, <laughs> she doesn't say those things. But the message is there. <laughs> That's the Marjorie bit for the week. Oh, Marjorie, Marjorie, Marjorie. I'm pretty sure we talked about was episode six that we don't think Marjorie really flipped. And I guess this kind of proves it. Interesting that she chose the rose. I was kind of hoping for like that rose to have like some secret kind of coded message or... I mean, it does kind of because she's saying I didn't switch sides. But I was thinking like entwined and like... A spiral message in like the rose shape. I was thinking that. Oh, that'd be fun. Oh, that would be. I'd be very impressed, but I guess if the bell lady saw that, you couldn't really get away with that one. So then there's Jamie, who has gone around to talk to Brendan Tully, known as the Blackfish, in an attempt to take River Run, even though it actually does belong to the Tullys. The Freys have their weird mismatch of an army there trying to persuade them or starve them out or something, but they decide that actually maybe threatening the Blackfish with, with his nephew, Lord Edmure's death, will get him to do something, and it doesn't work. So the Blackfish says they should kill him, and, uh, you know, Jamie and Bronn are like, well, that's not helpful, so we're going to do better, and they take over the whole group. Uh, he wants to chat with the Blackfish, Jamie does, um, who says that, you know, that's fine, I'll talk to you, but I'm not going to help you. Either way, they're not going to get what they want because they can attack or they can wait it out, but they've got enough supplies for like two years apparently. So that's not really going to work for Jamie's whole I need to get home to Cersei now thing. I love his quote about how Jamie's like, okay, if you can't kill a guy, don't threaten it. If you're not going to follow through, don't threaten it. Yeah, I mean, he did the whole like Kingslayer comment, which I think was pointed enough for me <laughs> i love how everyone's still bringing up that kingslayer thing i mean once you kill a king you're always known as a kingslayer of course there's nothing else for it it's amazing how that just follows you around for the rest of your life maybe you shouldn't <laughs> kill people and then again the targaryen king was kind of mad i mean he was about to burn them all that's true <laughs> maybe it was like a saying 
because they were Targaryens and like dragons and stuff. Maybe he was just kidding. Or maybe it was Bran. I mean, <laughs> theory's still going strong here. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I'm down as usual. Okay, so with Edmure, I can still only see him as Black Jack Randall from Outlander. I'm Seriously. still having that problem. I pointed that out to my dad when I watched it. I was like, this is ridiculous. I can't unsee his face. When you make a connection with certain actors, that's the only character you could ever see them as. Right now, I'm having that with Edmure slash Blackjack slash Tobias. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Tobias. Yeah, it's your fault. But hey, he's in two great shows. That's true. He got cast well. Creepily well. Yeah. So the next group we're going to talk about is the Starks. Not entirely. We'll save Arya for last, but the Stark crew, which is uh, in this case John, Sansa, and Sir Davos, they're trying to get people to help them out. Tormund, the wildling that's into Brienne, is like, look, he literally came back from the dead, so, like, we should help him. And the giant dude agrees, because all he says is snow, and kind of walks by, and they're like, yeah, good sign, we'll help you. And uh, so they're all, yeah, we're gonna help you, but we need other houses and other dudes to fight, because there's only, like, 2,000 of us. So they first go over to the Mormons, which is Jorah's family, and, um, they're all hanging out on Bear Island, and Lady Liana is in charge, but she's real, real little, real, well, like a child, essentially. She is she's a kid. Like, what, 10? Probably. 10, I think. Something like that. Somewhere between 10 and 15 is my best guess, but people in this never look the correct age, so I don't know what's happening. So true. I never know. So true. She does not seem interested at all. But Sir Davos points out that both he and her are in these roles they didn't expect to take on, like, especially so soon, and says that if she doesn't help them, everyone's going to die anyway, because the White Walkers are going to take him down regardless. So she agrees and uh, only has 62 soldiers, but, you know, that's something. So there's that. And then you go over to the Glovers, not including Donald Glover, now set to play in the new Spider-Man movie, <gasps> and they're not interested. He says that Hal Stark is dead despite Sansa's initial attempt to sway him, and she's not impressed with his decision, so they... They still have four and a half Starks. They do, but they don't know where two of the dude ones are. So true. So that's not helpful. Uh, well, they think they know where one of them is, but, you know, we'll find out if that's actually still true. Sansa's not super impressed with Jon's decision to just head over and fight anyway, so she decides to send a raven off, and I don't think we know yet where that went. But I'm betting it's Littlefinger. Oh, 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 oh. So someone analyzed the letter, a Redditor, and going over it, they like zoomed in, flipped it, traced over the visible words and tried to figure this out. And it says, possibly, you promised to protect me something. Now you have a chance to fulfill your promise something. Knights of the Vale are under your command. Ride north for Winterfell, lend us your aid, and I shall see to it that you are something rewarded. Probably generously. <laughs> yeah. Some of these words are maybe like, you promised a chance, another promise, knights, north, lid, but it definitely has a veil in it. So we are looking at Littlefinger, I believe. That's what I figured. Yeah, it makes sense. She doesn't have many doesn't have anybody. allies. <laughs> Considering she just sent Brienne off. And Brienne wasn't going to be much help anyway. But if you want to see this letter and the 
analysis of it, we will have that on the website. Bonus link of the week. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so Leona Mormont, she is an awesome little lady. I think she's hilarious. I enjoy that someone so young is having that much power and that much command. Why can't Jora be more like this? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that maybe he would have if he had grown up at home. Or, like, if mm -hmm. he was still at home. But now he's all, like, sappy and crap, and I don't like it. And he's dying and stuff, so. Now he has grayscale. Poor guy. I don't know how I feel about that either. I don't know if I want him to get better or not. Like, a part of me oh, does, do. but a part of me doesn't, because then she'll feel real bad about it. And then it might help with that whole villain theory of, like, Danny might be a bad guy, which I love so much. You could go with the film theory theory that Jorah's going to be the one to kill her. I would be okay with that, too. I think right now we're leading towards that. It would be interesting because the villain Danny theory is that she's actually the biggest bad guy in the series because oh, she's yeah. going to come and burn everybody. And I'm like, yeah, please. Jorah's the only one who could get close enough to her. We have two more bits for this episode, but between Starks, we're going to have a Stark break and hang out with the Greyjoys. And they're off in this taverny brothel of sorts. And they're having a chat. And Yara's clearly going to spend the evening with one of the prostitutes, which Theon can't do anymore, thanks to that certain box that was sent to Yara a while back. Thank you, Bolton. He's having trouble even drinking a glass of ale quickly. So she's like, dude, you're weak. You should get back to your normal self or you should off yourself, which is not very nice, really. So they agree that they're going to go to Marine and help Daenerys after he says, yeah, I can be normal and I can help you. Poor Theon, he's still having problems here. I'm glad that Yara's finally trying to get him out of it. He needs it. And hey, we can get closer to Danny with the fleet. Yeah, I mean, I thought that they were going to be relevant and they're not really in this episode. They just kind of sit there. And I was like, I thought you were going to see Danny. Where even are you? I don't know. So they're in some port somewhere. I think they're on their way. I think they're in Volantis. Oh. Which is on the way to Marine. That makes sense. Because they're just having shore leave because you can't ride the entire way. It would be quite breaks. dull. Plus, they didn't bring anything with them. Yeah, that you need supplies. <laughs> they just jumped on the ship. We're like, you know what? We're heading out. See ya. Peace. <laughs> So lastly, there's Arya, who is trying to buy a trip back from Bravos to Westeros, and this old lady approaches her after she gets this guy to kind of agree to take her, and it's not actually an old lady. It's the waif, aka the faceless man's buddy, who said he promised her she could do the killing, as long as Arya didn't suffer. And so much for that, because the wave stabs her and Arya jumps into the river, only to wander around the streets without getting any help, because the people there suck a lot. So she's free for now, in this episode, you know, but just sort of. Oh my gosh, she's so stupid. Does she not realize that people are going to be after her? Oh, there's a little old lady. I'm going to look at her. Stab! I mean, honestly. Seriously, Arya, come on, use your common sense. You are being hunted. To be fair, I actually thought that, oh, maybe she's faking it, and maybe she has, like, blood pouches underneath. That was, I think, what a lot of people were going with, or it's not really Arya. But I didn't really believe that she was actually stabbed. Oh, no, I completely did, because I was like, you're an idiot. Clearly, they're not going to be happy with you, and getting out tomorrow is not going to be soon enough. Bye-bye. See, I didn't think that she would actually leave on the boat, but I thought she was trying to lure the waif out. And I thought she'd have more common sense than that. I can't believe she's so stupid. 
stupid. Yeah. Especially because someone pointed out that the face of the Waif uses has been seen before on the wall. So now let's move on to episode 8, or season 6, episode 8, entitled No One, because we feature a lot of Arya, but we are going to save her for the last. So we're going to start off with the Hound, who decided to seek revenge on the people who killed Brother Ray and everyone else who Billing Sept. He just kind of hacked everyone dead. And the guy had really crappy last words, he really did. But he finds the real Brotherhood Without Banners, who are about to hang the last three guys that the Hound needs to kill to seek his revenge. And the Brotherhood allows him to kill two of them, but he has to hang them. He can't hack them to pieces. And then after that, he takes the guy's boots, asks if they have food, and they all eat together. They offer him a place with them, telling him that he can still help, he can still do good, even after all the bad he's done. I think we're leading to he's going to go with them, and that he still has a purpose. It'll be interesting to see what that purpose is. Is it Clegane Bull? Is it something else? I just really... Did you feel like this episode was good or bad compared to the old like previous ones i thought this was a weaker episode it was so boring like it was funny it felt like a monty python skit all the hound stuff like i literally sat there and i turned to my dad and i was like this sounds like a monty python skit to me but there were so many extra episodes and i felt like so much of the hounds section was just there because they needed to fill time which is crazy if they only have 13 episodes left after this season. That bothers me so much. Maybe that's the reason they're only doing 13. These past couple episodes, I felt, have just been kind of weaker compared to other seasons. Yeah, they've had some outstanding standout moments, but overall, kind of boring. I think I want the Hound to be good because he bothered me so much before, and I would rather have him as the scary but awesome good influence than this really annoying, surly bad influence. So I hope that he's good. But at this point, I just sort of don't know if I even care about his plot because it feels like it was thrown in just to like do something while we're waiting for Danny to show up. I think we'll have to see where it leads to before we can make that if assessment. It if it leads somewhere cool, like him offing Cersei or something, I'd be up for that. And if that happens, I get 20,000 points for guessing that ahead of time. We can maybe argue about 15. <sighs> Fine. So after the Hound, we're going to go across the Narrow Sea and talk about Marine, where the Red Priestesses are spreading Danny's character, how good she is, how she is the Lord of Lights person, whatever you want to call him. And then Varys is, going, is heading out on a secret mission to find a fleet with Tyrion, the most famous dwarf in the world, saying bye. And then Tyrion has some quality bonding tie with Grey Worm and Missandei, where they tell jokes and drink. And that was just... More bonus weird. blah. Yeah, a lot of blah. That was a really weak point in the episode. But then the masters show up, and they come for their property, aka the slaves, and decide to attack the city as Grey Worm and Tyrion and everyone are deciding what the best thing to do is. Uh, they decide defending the pyramid is the best plan of attack. And then, bam! Danny's back. Can I just say, her look was a what the frick? I was gone for like a week and now my city's burning to the ground. Also, she looks really good for just having ridden a dragon. Like, her hair is quite good. She doesn't have like the windswept hair oh, or anything. Oh, that's because it's a TV show. Shh! 
<laughs> I mean, okay, so clearly that was more filler with all the jokes. My dad told that joke at dinner yesterday, and I was over it. Oh, it wasn't the Starks, the Lannisters, boy. and the Tully one. I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> never do that again. <laughs> but it made sense in the moment, but I still think it should never happen again. I barely cared at all about the fact that this was Grey Worm being like, I like Masande, she laughed at my joke, ha ha ha. Didn't, I didn't care. Just because it all felt like filler to me. And then Danny coming back was expected for me. I didn't, I wasn't surprised by that. But I do find it funny that the Masters are like, let's get the slaves back by burning them. That's going to be super not effective at all. <laughs> like, not effective. And That's not very effective. It's not. And I, at first I thought it was the Greyjoys. So I was like, what are you doing? Like, why is that helping? But then I was like, oh, okay. Well, also, Grey Worm telling Tyrion that he knows nothing was great. Yes. Yes, it was. After that, we're going to move on down the road to, well, back across the narrow sea, to what I thought was my favorite part of the episode. We had a reunion of Brienne of Tarth and Jamie Lannister over in Reed River Run. And Podrick and Braun, and I think Braun spoke for all of the fandom when speaking about Jamie and Bree. <laughs> the words are a little more vulgar than I would like to use, but he spoke for the fandom. We saw the conversation between Jamie and Bree, and Jamie has permanently given Bree Oathkeeper the sword, because that was originally just given to her while she went to go find her quest to find Sansa. And Jamie had the words, It's yours. It'll always be yours. That's a nice gift for a Valerian steel. Brienne points out that they'll be on opposite sides if she can't convince the Blackfish to abandon the castle and give it over to Jamie because honor compels her to fight Jamie because they'll be enemies. And with that last look, I was just at the point of, come on, just kiss and kiss. I wouldn't but have liked it right now, though. The tension was nice. Yeah, but I wouldn't have liked them to actually do anything right now, regardless of everything that Braun was saying about it. It's because of something else that happens in this episode, and I would have just been really annoyed if he had done that and then gone to talk to Edmure. That would have really ticked mm -hmm. me off. So I'm glad that it didn't happen, but I'm also glad that they had that whole reunited <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want to get in trouble for like, oh, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. but yeah. It was, they were reunited and they did feel good. Bree goes and talks to the Blackfish, but he's not going to surrender his family home. But that makes sense. I wouldn't want to surrender mine either. Jamie talks to Edmure and inspiring him kind of to take back his ancestral home and give it to Jamie and the Lannisters and the Freys. And appeals to his sense of family and his children because apparently he has a kid that he sired on his wedding night. And the, he has never seen his kid or his wife since then because he's kind of been trapped in the dungeon. Jamie tells him that he loves Cersei and wants to get back to her and that she's the only one who matters to him. And kind of threatening with that. Okay, but Enmir gets inside the gates of River Run as the rightful lord of the place, despite the Blackfish warning that it's a trap, and he gets them to surrender the castle to Jamie, And, of course, fighting, um, fighting ensues, and 
Bree and Podrick have to escape with the Blackfish's help, who goes down fighting because it's his family home and he'd rather do that than go help Sansa. And Bree and Pod escape down the river. Jamie sees them and they have a very awkward wave. Even the and Jamie just kind of allows them to leave, which I was okay with. I don't think the Blackfish is dead. They said he was dead. Yeah, but no one saw him die. Jamie certainly didn't see it. Because they don't like their new lord, Edmure, because he's like, dude, let me in. Oh, by the way, I'm giving I'm giving our house away. Have a nice day. They were clearly annoyed, but couldn't say no now that they had just let him in and been like, he's our lord, my lord, I have to let him in. It's really stupid. I don't think he's dead. I think he, that he wanted Jamie to think that he was dead so he could go help Sansa without being chased. Because they wanted him dead regardless. So Edmure probably thinks he's dead. Probably. I think Edmure is ridiculous. It would have taken so much more time that he would have been able to do something else with or that Brienne and the Blackfish could have done something with because Jamie was like, I'm going to throw your tiny baby son at the castle in a catapult, which was the funniest line in the world for some reason. I cracked up because <laughs> it was just so awkward and like straightforward. I couldn't handle it. The delivery was brilliant. It would have taken him time to go find the kid, get it away from, you know, Walder Frey from Filch. It would have taken him more time to do that, but Edmure was still like, he's my son, probably because he has literally nothing else because his own uncle was like, not kill him. But I just think that there was maybe a better option and he didn't take it. And I don't know, I don't like him. I don't know why. I don't I don't care about Edmure, like at all. I feel sorry for him. I kind of hope he's the one that's dead, not the blackfish. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> oh, you get Tobias back and ride off, he's killed. Welcome to Game of Thrones. Yeah, well happened to Septon Ray or whatever his name was, so... Brother Ray. Oh, I've read that it was Septon Ray. Eh, I like calling him Brother Ray. Maybe it's the same thing. I don't know things about anything. Okay, so we move on down the road to King's Landing, where the Faith Militant comes for Cersei because the High Sparrow wants to meet with her, but she wants to just stay in the Red Keep because she thought that was possible, and they're like, no, you have to come, and she chooses violence in the mountain... Kills the one Faith Militant guy after a crappy swing in his armor. He's going to have to get some new, a new um, breastplate. The others go running. And then in the throne room, Tommen decrees that trial by combat is now at law, which is not fit good for Cersei or Clegainebolt, mountain versus town. Also, we have the maesters. I can never remember his name. His little birds investigated these rumors that Cersei was wondering about. He's like... It's something more. And people have the theory that it could be wildfire and that Cersei is going to go crazy and she will be the one to burn them all. Hmm. I haven't heard that theory. I've heard the theory that she heard that the White Walkers were coming or that Danny was going to try and fight people or something. But I did not hear that one. That's interesting. I like this that she's going to be the one to go crazy with the wildfire. I think she's already crazy. It would be so fun oh, yeah. to have Jamie come back and she's just psycho. I mean, she's lost two kids. She's going to lose the third one. Eventually, who knows how. Plum is going to die somehow. Well, it's bound to happen at this point, honestly. Yeah. I think I saw the theory that Jamie's going to be the one to kill Cersei and then overcome with grief, he's going to kill himself. That sounds too Jorah to me. Yeah, I don't think I'd care for that no. to happen. I think that Cersei's an idiot. Just in general, not gonna lie. Like, she has these clever tactical moves until she's really mad. And then she's like, oh, let me just remind him. Then she gets very him. emotional. Well, I know. 
She's like, let me just remind him that I have all this power and that you can't kill me. So Mountain, da da da, go kill the guy. So he guy he rips the guy's jaw off, which is just uh, just blah. That's disgusting. I think she's so dumb because they wouldn't have done that. They wouldn't have even thought to do that. The whole you can't do trial by combat until she was like, actually, I have this mountain zombie guy that I brought back from the dead, and he does whatever I say, and it's awesome. Yeah, like that's the stupidest thing. That was so dumb. I want to see what he looks like without the helmet. Oh, it's probably super gross. I mean, his eyes are pretty nasty already, and just, like, the little skin you can see underneath that. Yeah, I mean, he's way worse than John is, because John's clearly not really John anymore, but, like, he's not a scary zombie monster. Which raises the question of, like, how dead was he? Was he only partly dead? Was he only mostly dead? He was mostly dead, which is partly alive. Yes. Reference of the day, check. <laughs> check that off. Okay, on to the next one. So... And we have Lady Crane in that play again. And we see her speech again. But it's a little different this time as Cersei. It's angrier. She took some of Arya's notes. And she discovers an injured Arya and helps her out, stitches her up, gives her a milk of the poppy. That's opium. <laughs> yeah. So she can rest and get better. It pretty much disproved all the theories from last week of, oh, she's not really injured, which I was kind of thinking. But yes, she was. But I was right, though. Mm. Points. I told you. Fine, you get one. Lady Crane was going to be her mama for like five minutes. You get one point for that one. Yeah, that didn't last long because she went to go back and check on Arya. And then Arya wakes up and discovers that Lady Crane has been murdered by the waif. She didn't last long in the grand scheme of things. It was. It looks like. I thought there was a chair through her, but I couldn't tell. Oh, yeah, okay. I thought the stool, like, impaled her. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. (laughs) Okay. And then we discover it's the wave. So, of course, the chase has to commence, and Arya runs pretty well for just having been stabbed not too long ago. They run around the city, and the wave chases Arya to her little hidey hole, and then they fight in the dark. Next, we see Arya in the house of the many-faced god um, with the wave's face on the wall. The many-faced god was promised a name. And a name he received, which was the waif, whatever her name is, was. But the episode ends with Arya telling Jochen, Finally, a girl is no one. A girl is Arya Stark of Winterfell, and I'm going home. Well, it's about time. I know, honestly. Also, Jochen's nod in approval. It was like he always knew this was going to be the outcome, and he was just kind of training her for this. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what he thought his purpose was. I'm okay with that. Yeah, but earlier when we were talking, you said that they had seen the old lady's face. I had thought you meant they had seen the waif's face before, and I was going to be like, well, then who the heck did she kill? But never mind. (laughs) I was super confused. Yeah, it was the old lady. Oh, then that makes sense. I honestly would not have noticed. I love that people can just do that. It's impressive to me. It's amazing how crazy Reddit gets. I think it's fun, though. It is. Oh, Oh, the speech in the play was interesting to me because last week Arya told her you should be angry and blah 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 and then that dude that was like the director or something was like you're not changing my play so like how did she do it did she just do it on the spot because I feel like he would have been real mad she saw it she took his note and she ignored his note and she did whatever she wanted because she's a 
great actress, and where are you going to find someone to replace her? She knows all the lines already. True. Especially since that other chick is gone now. Yeah, apparently she has a disfigured face now. That makes me happy a little bit. It, mm. oh, the thing that cracked me up the most was when she was talking about her exes, and she was like, they made me angry, so I put a hole in them. <laughs> it was and hilarious. that's the reason she knows how to stitch people up. <laughs> that was the funniest. Oh, gosh. I also think that when the waif showed up at her house, it gave me the giggles a little bit in, like, this weird way because you know how you saw her appear behind her when she was in the kitchen doing whatever she was doing? It had mm -hmm. that cut where there was, a, there was a person there, and I was like, someone needs to, like, genre bend this episode and make a horror movie trailer out of it because I need it. Oh, that would be great. With all the running. Also, that door that they ran past was, it looked like they were in Italy or something. I was like, where are you? This blue door on the top of the thing. It was too picturesque for them to be, like, killing each other. So now we have gone through both episodes, all the little plot lines and everything. So I think we're going to go to favorite and least favorite characters of the week. Let's do least favorite first this time. I don't remember what we usually do. I think we usually do least favorite first, but let's do it anyway. I think so. It'll be fun. I think my least favorite character was Tyrion because all of his scenes were kind of not helpful at all. Even even when Varys was like, I'm going to go find some boats. I was like, you don't really have to, but, you know, do it anyway, I guess. Make a bigger fleet. We already have ships coming. But then his whole joke telling thing was just pointless. And he was like, we're going to go fight them, which was the stupidest. I would say if I had to divide between the two episodes... Arya for episode 7 because, oh my gosh, she's such an idiot for mm. that episode. Other than that, I would say Tyrion, but since you've already said Tyrion, I'm gonna go with Missandei. Mm. Her her jokes were really weak, and at least Grey Worm had some, we've already listened to you, we have already tried your way, we're going to do it my way now. Yeah, at least he did something. I didn't like his joke either, because it wasn't actually a joke. But, but he at least and he had that moment where he looked something. at her and it was cute and I was like whatever it was cute let's, let's move on please I was I think I was just tired of the scene so I just didn't care anymore yeah okay so favorite character okay last week I think my favorite character was Ray because he sort of set Clegane on the right path which was nice it was nice to see him have a friend ish thing like how he said in this up um, this past week's episode. Um, I didn't know you had friends. Like, well, I don't anymore, or whatever that line was. I think that was pretty good. And then I think this week, I really want to say Arya because she's finally doing something. Thank goodness. I did not like her. I didn't really like Sansa either, but at least Arya's like, you know what? I'm tired of this. I have manned up, and it's time to go do something fun. I would have said Ray as well, but okay, besides Ray. I would say Liana Mormont for <laughs> episode seven because I just love that little woman. She was a fun new character to have. And for episode eight, I'm going to go with Brienne because it was nice to see her and just the nice little scene between her and Jamie. And I like that she's still sticking to her mission. Oh. And she, yeah. Sorry, I was going to add that. I think our honorable mention for the week has to be Braun. He was mm. hysterical, and now he's training Podrick, which is cool. I think that's great. He trained him for like two hours or something, but I thought it was hilarious. He was like, "You don't actually, you're you're terrible. Let's let's fix this." And Podrick was like, "Yeah, let's do it." I thought that was really cute. And he's the voice of the fandom right now. Mm. This is true. Or the voice of the ship. <laughs> yeah, the shippers. <laughs> okay, so do you have? 
anything else that you want to chat about this week? Because I think I'm pretty good. I think we've covered most of my points. I think I'm good, too. We've definitely wrapped this up. Cool. Then I think that will do it for this episode of the podcast. Thanks for tuning in to Confabbed. Every Friday, join us as we rant, rave, and break down all things in the entertainment world. To learn more about the stories we talked about today, check out our website, bit.ly slash confab. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash confab. Social media, this week's bonus story, and more information about the podcast can be found on the website as well. But until next week, hit us up on Twitter at Rachel the Tall and at Lindsay H. Wrights. But for now, I think let's consider this topic confabbed. <laughs>